You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. I'm back. Rudriance for our Black and White Sports 2. We're going to talk about this Matariza case. It's a case that's, look, it's going to have legs on this channel. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, somebody asked me, why, why are we still talking about this? Look, we made probably 150 Deshaun Watson videos. Um, frankly, it's because they're out viewing everything else like four to one. I mean, it's this is something, whether viewers realize it or not, this is something that is bringing more subs in. Um, it's getting the views. People are interested in this. Um, generally speaking, this is exactly the kind of thing that viewers are interested in. Um, I mean, I got a college football video coming. I get it, but um, it just is what it is. I mean, this is the kind of thing that people are interested in. It's uh, sports meets drama, plain and simple. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, that's me just being honest completely. Um, let's take a look at this because, you know, a couple of people have said uh, things to me about being more skeptical on this. Well, I can tell you, the accuser starting a media blitz will certainly get my skepticism level starting to rise. Because on an issue like we're talking about, this heinous, what is the point of doing a media blitz? Okay? CBS News, you went on there the other day. Okay. Some things came out of that. Some things that, that looked pretty heinous came out of that. But why are we turning around now and doing yet another interview? I, I don't like that. I can tell you right now. And yeah, that raises my skepticism. Doesn't mean what she's saying isn't true. It doesn't mean that. But now it, it does make me wonder, are there ulterior motives involving what's going on with this? I mean, truly, I don't get the media blitz. Teen accusing former Buffalo Bills punter of a heinous act. Yes, I'm cleaning this up for YouTube. Quote, everything about this is hard. I've got no, if this is true, I've got no doubts that it's hard. But why are you going on ABC Nightline now right after doing CBS News? I, I don't understand that. I don't. A teenager who is accused, uh, who has accused former Bills punter Matt Ariza in civil, a civil lawsuit of a heinous act at an off-campus Halloween party last year is speaking out about the alleged attack, saying her piercings were ripped from her body and she was left bloody and bruised. Ariza, who has not been criminally charged in connection with the allegations at this time, has proclaimed his innocence through his attorney. The standout rookie punter was let go by the Buffalo Bills this week after the lawsuit was filed against him. Now look, I'm going to make this very clear. If this turns out to be proven false, then Matt Ariza and his family should sue the pants off this teenager. And I don't know if they can uh, try to hold... 
the parents liable as well since she was a minor when this was supposedly t- had, had taken place? I don't know. But you better believe he should nail everybody for defamation uh, on her side if this turns out to be false. I'm just putting that out there. I mean, at some point, if something like this ends up being false, you've got to start holding people accountable that did the accusing. The alleged victim, whose identity has not been revealed, told ABC's Nightline, here we go, that she was 17 years old when she went to an off-campus Halloween party at San Diego State University with some friends. Quote, Matt came up to me, started talking to me, flirting. He gave me a drink, and then he led me over to a side yard. The teen, who said she was heavily intoxicated, told the news outlet. According to her account, Ariza, then 21 years old and, and a star college football player, asked her to perform oral pleasures on him and then turned her, turned her around and had sex with her from behind before leading her into a bedroom where two of his teammates identified in the, in the lawsuit as Xavier Leonard and Nowlin Iliwaku, I don't know, both 18 at the time, were already waiting. Quote, when I walked into that room and saw there were several guys already in there, I had a feeling that something bad was going to happen, and I expected it, she said. Once inside the bedroom, she alleged that she was violently blanked, asserting in the complaint that men took turns having sex with her from behind as she drifted in and out of consciousness. The teen told Nightline that she never gave consent and she had been screaming and crying. Huh. It doesn't say no either. You didn't say no? Yikes. During the encounter, she said her piercings were ripped out of her body and she was left bruised and bleeding. Quote, I feel like it should be clear to anybody that's not consensual sex. The teen said the attack left her costume and underwear covered in blood. Her friends took her home a short time later and she reported the alleged incident to the police the next morning. That same day, she was taken to a hospital where they did perform a kit on her. Quote, everything about this has been hard, the alleged victim said, of the months that would follow. The San Diego police have completed their investigation and now handed the case over to the San Diego County District Attorney's Office, who will determine what criminal charges, if any, will be filed. Quote, the San Diego Police Department had submitted its investigation to our office. It's currently under review. Public Affairs Officer Tanya Sierra told Oxygen.com, quote, there's no timetable for how long it will take. The teen said she initially didn't know who her alleged attackers were, but detectives were able to piece it together through other witnesses who had been at the party. They also arranged for the teen to call Ariza and record the conversation under the pretense that she didn't remember what happened and she needed to know if they'd had sex and if she needed to be tested for STDs. Quote, he told me we had hooked up and he told me that I should get tested for chlamydia. Then I was told by my detectives to clarify what he meant by hook up. So I asked him if we had actual sex and his tone completely changed from that point. 
He told her they never had sex and abruptly ended the phone call at that point, she said. While the police continued to investigate the incident, Ariza was drafted by the Buffalo Bills in April and awarded a $4 million contract. The teen told, quote, Nightline when she heard the news, she started vomiting. I was really upset because I thought that I had been doing everything I was supposed to do in order to get them to face consequences. She said, I reported it right away, and I was giving all of my evidence to the authorities just to see him continuing on and thriving while I felt like my life was completely torn apart. She filed a lawsuit against all three men August 25th because she's just looking for closure. She's hopeful that criminal charges will be filed. I know this is something that's going to stick around forever, but I think that closure will help. I really do hope that I get it, she said. Two days after filing the suit, the Bills announced Ariza had been cut from the team. And it goes on to talk about the Bills statement. We've already covered that. Um, by the way, Ariza's attorney issued a, 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 a rebuttal to the Nightline interview. Quote, it's a shame that this woman continues to issue incorrect and false statements regarding my client, Matt Ariza. I am not going to try this case in the press as, a, as her civil attorney attempt, is to, attempting to do. But needless to say, I have several witnesses who refute most of what she has alleged in the civil lawsuit. He said Ariza looks forward to defending his case, whether it be in civil court, criminal court, or both. It does go on to talk about uh, what I made a video about the other day involving the parents and the fact that they've been canceled, which isn't right. I mean, his parents should not be drug into this, but that's how this goes. And she's, she's not helping the matter far as the parents go in the fact that she's going on TV and making this very public, right? Um, wow. Wow. I really kind of had come to one sort of, not even a conclusion, but I was kind of leaning in one direction on this. I've got to be honest with you. I've pulled back from that now. Um, I don't know where this is going to go. It sounds like, and this is just my opinion, it sounds like something happened. Okay, we don't know what. But I'm starting to wonder, you know, uh, how she's categorizing events versus what did happen. The fact that she never comes right out here and says that she blatantly said no or that she attempted to run by, back out of the room. Um, I've got to say, you know, it makes me wonder if you turn around and ran out I mean, would these men have really chased you and pulled you back in the room? Um, you know, and maybe they would have. We don't know. But the thing that disturbs me in all this when it comes to her is the media tour. I don't like that at all. That raises red flags. I guess that is to put pressure on his attorney and him. But I think that makes her look bad. I truly do, okay? You know, Deshaun Watson's, uh, the, a couple of women that finally did go to the press and talk, it was a long time into the process, okay? Before they decided to, uh, and even just a couple of three of those, one of them that hasn't, still hasn't dropped her lawsuit. Uh, I mean, she's going to go to the bitter end with Deshaun Watson. Um, 
man, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think now. You know, there's some things that lead you to believe that something heinous might have taken place again. She didn't wait. She did go to the cops immediately. You know, she they did send her to the hospital. They did do a kit. I would assume enough came out of that that the police, the detectives w- did get him to, it looks like they're saying the police got him to admit to some kind of an act because he said, yeah, you need to get tested for chlamydia. Yikes. This is, we don't know who's innocent, who's guilty in this. We don't know exactly what happened. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, Again, I don't understand the going public side of this to the extent that she has. We knew, we knew this was going to get out, okay? Once the lawsuit was filed and the media saw the lawsuit, then it went public, NFL player, Buffalo Bills release him. Yeah, that stuff's going to be public. She goes on CBS News. Okay, some stuff comes out there. But now, here you are on Nightline. I don't like this media blitz tour shit. To me, it hurts the accuser, and it hurts their credibility, in my opinion, because then you do start raising the flag of, you know, is somebody trying to make a name? Are you trying to get a paycheck out of this now? I know. Oh, my God. Believe all women. Well, you know, after Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, people have got to take a step back. All right? Um, Wow. I just... And look, she may be completely telling the truth, but I think it's a bad look going to the media in this way. I really do. I mean... Once you gave one, okay, I can sort of let that slide, even though I think it should have been kept private. But now, you two days later, you go on Nightline? Yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't know. Tell me, if I'm crazy, I'm crazy. It is what it is. If you're interested in this case, I would definitely hit subscribe. We're going to follow this. Uh, for the folks that don't like these videos on this, I don't know what to tell you. Because, they're, like I said, they're getting about four to one views over everything else. This is going to be a big story on this channel. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Network. Let's talk about the governor of the People's Republic of California. Oh, the socialist communist known as Gavin Newsom because uh, some things have emerged that's got to do with his in-laws that are frankly, frankly hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Because not only did they donate to Ron DeSantis, they upped and moved to Florida over the very Wuhan virus policies that Gavin Newsom threw upon that state of California, People's Republic of California, uh, locking them down mask mandates, keeping them locked down, all the while Gavin Newsom was rocking in dinner parties without mask on or anything like that. 
Uh, saw a lot of that going on. Saw a lot of Democratic Socialists going down to Florida on vacations, enjoying not having masks on, but then going back to their state where they were forcing everybody to wear masks, schools were closed up, kids had that face diaper on. Uh, truly repugnant behavior. Let's get to this. We got a couple of different stories involving this D-bag who I believe the Socialist Democrats believe will be their 2024 Democratic candidate for president. I believe that's why he's running the hit piece ads down in Florida against DeSantis. Um, I believe that they thought, and mistakenly, that they thought Ron DeSantis was going to end up being the candidate. And I guess in theory he might still be, but most likely I believe it will be Donald Trump. And DeSantis will come in 2028. Gavin Newsom mocked after in-laws donate to Ron DeSantis. Newsweek. Conservative media personalities are mocking California Governor Gavin Newsom in the wake of a Fox News report, revealing that his in-laws made a sizable donation to political rival Ron DeSantis, who is seeking re-election against Democratic challenger Charlie Crist in Florida's gubernatorial race. Newsom, a bitter rival of DeSantis, and a potential contender to take him on head-to-head matchup for the presidency, recently pledged to make DeSantis a, quote, one-term governor. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. After donating a six-figure amount to support Chris, who is widely considered an underdog in November's general election. Yeah, he's going to get run out by 10 points. However, Fox News reported Wednesday that the trust run by Newsom's in-laws, Kenneth F. Siebel Jr. and Judith A. Siebel, recently contributed $5,000 to support DeSantis, pitting the two halves of the family against one another in a proxy battle for partisan supremacy in one of the nation's most narrowly contested states. The story picked up a significant amount of traction in conservative media outlets, which used it as proof that Newsom's policies alienated uh, policies as a alienated policies as a leader of a coastal state seen by many as the polar opposite of Florida. Quote, Gavin Newsom's father-in-law donated to Ron DeSantis. Conservative podcaster Liz Wheeler tweeted, that is, quote, objectively hilarious. Okay, well, what is also hilarious is this. Gavin Newsom's in-laws moved to Florida during the pandemic. (laughs) This is the New York Post. Not even Gavin Newsom's in-laws are listening to his Florida fear-mongering. California governor's relatives bolted the Golden State for the Sunshine State as Newsom ordered schools, businesses, and churches shuttered at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a new report. Longtime California residents Kenneth Siebel Jr. and Judith Siebel purchased a $3.3 million home in Naples in March 2020, according to Fox News. The Siebels, whose daughter Jennifer has been married to Newsom for 14 years, then registered to vote in Florida in June 2020. Around the time of the home purchase, Newsom implemented a statewide shelter-in-place order 
that would not be lifted until January of 2021. Business capacity limits and other restrictions would remain in place until June 2021. During that period, more than 40,000 small businesses shut down forever in California. Wow. The report added that the Siebels are believed to still own a home in Northern California. Newsom's restrictive lockdown measures stood in dark contrast to what the Siebels would have experienced in Florida, where Republican Governor Ron DeSantis lifted all COVID-19 lockdown measures and business restrictions by September 2020. And it goes on to talk about that very donation that uh, went to Ron DeSantis. By the way, Federal Election Commission records indicate Kenneth Siebel has donated a total of $2,000 each to GOP Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Tom Cotton of Arkansas. God, that's great. Oh, that is so hilarious. Uh, Newsom, thought to be a possible 2024 Democratic presidential candidate, if crusty old Joe Biden does not run for re-election, has repeatedly blasted DeSantis's policy, even airing a July TV ad urging Floridians to move to California. We did a video on that. Telling them, quote, their freedom is under attack. Can you imagine a socialist Democrat saying your freedom is under attack even though I kept you locked down? Wow. It's crazy as hell. DeSantis considered a 2024 presidential consider on the, uh, contender on the Republican side, responded to the California governor by accusing Newsom of treating Californians like, quote, peasants, and noting he sees, quote, a lot of California license plates in Florida. And, yeah, they had um, – that state has had a massive exodus of, we hope, mainly Republicans leaving for other states, right? And a lot of them came here to Texas, and a lot of them went to Florida. My only issue with that is, if you're liberal, don't come here trying to flip the damn states, Okay. Uh, because that's not going to work either. I know they think it is. It's not going to happen. Uh, not only that, but why leave and then turn it into the very place that you left? Uh, I'm just wondering. Uh, is this on? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. And that is a fear with a lot of us, right? Here in Texas, in Florida. Um, bringing radical thinking to our states. By the way, on a side note, Oregon is in play right now for Republicans. They're running their governor candidate up there. I saw on Fox News last night. And it's a neck-and-neck race in radical socialist Oregon. It seems Antifa burning down Portland has has may lead to flipping the state. And look, Oregon is like one of the top three or four most progressive, radical, nutbag, lunatic states in all of the country that I don't think any of us thought there would be any hope a, 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 a snowball's chance in the pit of Hades of flipping that state they might flip it it's it, uh, people are fed up they are fed up get out and vote Republican I mean my god did you see Hitler's speech the other night come on I think this is hilarious that the very in-laws boy I bet that Thanksgiving dinner I bet that Thanksgiving dinner is very, very interesting. 
Wow. Oh, man. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Uh, you know, uh, I'm very disappointed in you, Gavin. You suck. <laughs> Pass me the gravy. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. I'm back. Rodrians for Black and White Network. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and that speech he gave the other night where he basically uh, called uh, 80 million Americans extremists. Half of America, half of voting America, anyway, extremist. Um, that very Nazi Germany-like speech that uh, had him with his fist in the air. Um, I was waiting for somebody to literally just be like, yes, der Fuhrer. I mean, it was just, it was ominous. Uh, I think it totally sent the wrong message. We've got inflation. We've got gas prices. We've got, um, what all do we have? We've got the border that's an issue right now. We've got the failure with Afghanistan. Um, we've got this horrible uh, climate change bill. I'm not calling that inflation bill anything but a climate change bill. That's what it is. Pushing for green en en energy as he uh, cowers down to the uh, progressive left on that one. Uh, AOC, etc. Um, but anyway, it was a very creepy speech. I didn't watch the speech. And uh, I've got a video talking about the Marines behind him and the fact that the networks passed on that uh, speech. The main, the main networks, ABC, CBS, uh, the cable networks did cover it. But I thought it was interesting that the networks passed on it. Um, but that, that video is 14 minutes long. It's currently under YouTube review. Hopefully, you will get to see it because they demonetized it instantly. Uh, so, we're going to talk about Joe Rogan, John Rich, Megan McCain, Ted Cruz, all slammed Joe Biden for that blood-red background, that Emperor Palpatine background out of Star Wars. Um, Palpatine gives a speech uh, after Order 66, after he fought Mace Windu, uh, after Anakin has become Vader, he gives this uh, speech about the great something, the great galactic empire. It felt just like this. It did. I thought this sent um, a really bad message to voters, to half of the country. Um, boy, it just looked bad. Whoever thought that was a good idea should be fired immediately that is surrounding Joe Biden. Nazi Germany. I mean, that's just all I could think. Every time I... I, I didn't watch the speech, but I watched clips of it. Joe Rogan slams blood red, dark background of Biden's speech. So in a week's time, we got Joe Rogan telling everybody, all of his listeners, to vote Republican because of the failures of the pandemic by the radical Democrats. And now we've got him telling his followers... How badly 
this looked uh, to to Americans, and it did look bad. I mean, he got the worst advice ever. Joe Rogan reacted Friday to the blood-red background of President Joe Biden's Thursday night speech in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia. The host of Spotify's The Joe Rogan Podcast posted his thought on the viral photo of Biden standing against the dark red and black background on the hall of Instagram. And this is, of course, this is the photo right here uh, that's going around both fists in the air. I mean, like this is North Korea or China or Russia or, or again, the Galactic Empire. I mean, we joke, but it's kind of sick, or like it's Nazi Germany. Rogan, 15.5 million followers uh, on Instagram. Good work there, Joe. Uh, imagine thinking this was a good idea. Yeah, I mean, look, there were people that literally thought this thing was fake. That was like, there's no way that's how, how he actually looked during the speech. People thought it was a meme. Think about that a minute. Quote, imagine thinking this was a good idea. Rogan shared with 15.5 million followers. Looking through comments to the podcast host post, many followers made it clear they didn't realize the photo was actually real and thought it was just a meme going around. I mean, it looks terrible. Ted Cruz went the same place I did. He went Palpatine on us. Uh, Ted from right here in Texas. Several other people noted how it looked like something from, quote, the Star Wars franchise, comparing Biden to Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine looks good, Ted Cruz said. I mean, look, it would be funny if it didn't seem so damn true, frankly. Others said it looked like something from the dystopian film V for Vendetta comparing Biden to High Chancellor Adam Sutler. And they weren't the only ones. In Meghan McCain's article Friday for... The Daily Mail, she compared the president's backdrop to that of a dictator from a science fiction movie. Yeah, it's just weird. It is just, it's it's weird. It's evil looking. It's creepy. I, I just can't imagine they thought this was a great idea. Look at the bizarre apocalyptic optics of the speech. The former co-host of The View wrote, he stood at his podium in a front of a murky red lighting. This was the backdrop of a dictator from a science fiction movie, not the democratically elected president of America. Mm, I'm not even going to mention the election. Quote, whomever oversaw the set design in the White House clearly wanted him to look ominous and intimidating. This is what they had to be going for. Like a character from V for Vendetta or The Twilight Zone. Now, here's country singer John Rich. He put out that number one single that destroyed Biden, the whole single. By the way, it went to number one in one day on iTunes as a completely, it looked like, independent release. Country singer John Rich told his hundreds of thousands of followers, quote, I could almost smell the sulfur. As he sh too shared the same dark photograph from the speech. There it is. Man. Man. Members of both sides of the media also called attention to the imagery and, ver the imagery and various elements of the backdrop they found disturbing. I found the whole damn thing disturbing. Uh, like I said, I didn't watch the speech. 
But I did go out there, and I found about six or seven clips that I felt like were important to the to the speech. And he basically went out there and shit all over Republicans. Uh, I I want to say MAGA Republicans, but at this point, at least among voters, and I think Joe is greatly underestimating this. Don't you feel like the majority of Republicans are actually MAGA Republicans at this point? And the message that he's probably trying to send is, I've got to make these people look really scary. Or I've got to talk enough shit about these people that maybe it will sway people that are in the middle to vote for Democrats. I don't believe this is going to work. And I think this probably royally backfired. Okay. There's no no way anybody other than the woke lunatics that are on Twitter who absolutely celebrated his look, well, of course they did. Because they think being a communist country, a socialist country, is a good idea. So, of course, they celebrated it. But they are absolutely in the minority. I mean, come on. Uh, you can tell that just by, like, ratings on Fox News now, right? Uh, comparison to ratings, like, on MSNBC. Uh, I mean, you know, it's pretty easy to tell the difference. Um, I think, look, I think Joe Biden, I don't know what's going to happen in the midterms. A lot of people are saying this is a midterm speech. Um, I think the midterms are kind of what they're going to be at this point. I, I truly believe that, okay? Um However, I think Joe Biden's going to get boat raced in 2024. Absolutely boat raced. Now, I don't know that he's actually going to be the candidate. They may be preparing for what I think will be my gut feeling, Gavin Newsom out of California. And I think he's going to get boat raced. I mean, come on. I did a video earlier about that. Even his in-laws hate him for crying out loud. Tell me what you think, Black and White Network supporters. I just wanted to talk a little bit more about this speech since my main video about the speech that's 14 minutes long is still not out. Hopefully, it will get approved and I can release it. Jeez, come on. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Well, guys, this is a different type of video that I'm actually making today for the network channel. We were supposed to have a member live stream um, this morning. I decided to cancel it. Wasn't feeling that great. Actually, yesterday I wasn't uh, feeling that great. And I got up this morning, still not feeling great. And I just text Rhodes. I was like, man, I'll shoot the uh, sports video, but um, I don't I don't want to go through a hour long uh, live stream. So we'll actually reschedule that. Now, usually we actually um, never miss the member live streams. We try to do it about every uh, two weeks, but um, something happened the other day. Um, And today. I tested positive for the Wuhan virus. Yes, I have the Wuhan virus. I have the China virus. And um, yeah, 
actually, I wasn't going to take the test. I was texting Rhodes when I tell, when I was uh, telling him, um, yeah, I don't think we should actually go live. I don't feel like great. And he told me to take a COVID test. And I was like, I really don't have the symptoms, really. I don't have a sore throat. I mean, my only symptoms really are a slight fever, but Tylenol helps with that. And I was a little stuffy in the nose. That's really about it. That was my only symptoms. Now, I do take care of my body. I do. I started actually working out again, but for the most part, I'm not eating the carbs, man. Uh, Carbs is what really is the foundation of health problems. So I try to eat as much fat as I actually can, even though you can't overeat. So I decided, you know what? Let me go ahead and uh, get the COVID test. Probably going to come back negative. So I get on uh, DoorDash. They go to Walgreens, bring me back the, um, what do they call that test? I don't even remember. But anyway, so I do it. And um, and I, I think I actually did it wrong because you're supposed to do the swab five times in the nose on each one. And then you're supposed to put the drops in the thing. I actually put the swab in first, then the drops. So it came back positive. You have to wait 15 minutes. But that line almost came immediately at the bottom. And I knew, all right, something's not right. So I got a two pack. Thank goodness I got a two pack. So I did the other test the right way and it came back positive. And the first thing that came to my mind, folks, this is it. This is the way I feel. And I know that everybody's different. I definitely take care of my body. I'm 45 years old. Uh, my wife is fine. Uh, no symptoms. Yeah, but I got the virus and um, feel like I'm going to be OK in a few days or so. Now, my brother, I just found out my brother uh, caught it again for the second time um, earlier this week, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a much bigger guy and I'm much better shape than him. So he was sicker than I am. So this just proves, man, you just got to take care of yourself. And by the way, folks, this is where I actually do believe I got it. I went to jury duty on Wednesday. And I believe I actually mentioned this in a video. They give you masks as soon as you actually go in there. When they sit you down, they have you separated. So it's a socially distanced uh, thing. They take take you to the court. They have you separated even more. Got to wear a mask, you know, because the Democrat judge made you wear a mask, even though she didn't have a mask. Maybe she actually gave me COVID. But Friday yesterday, I started getting a little bit sick. And I feel roughly the same, so it's not really gotten worse. It's actually probably gotten a little bit better. And I was like, man, so I was at jury duty. All of us wearing masks, socially distanced. And today I test positive for the Wuhan virus. Just let that sink in. Let that sink in. So now, I have, now I'm going to have the natural antibodies. And um, yeah, I'm going to be fine. But um, I just didn't want to... Um, Go to a live stream. I'm actually about to um, order some lunch now. And um, usually I go out, but um, I'm going to stay in and just order out on Uber Eats or something. I'm not really sure yet, but um, we usually eat at like noon. Yeah, just go from there. So it was really a nothing burger. I'm talking about my nose is stuffy. It's not even runny. It's just a little stuffy. And I just got out to shower. The shower felt so good. Um, Probably about time for me to actually take another uh, Tylenol. Uh, my personal doctor office is closed. So through my insurance, I actually uh, have a teledoc and, um, he had, um, gave me some, um, na- nasal swabs. Well, not, not nasal swabs, but um, nasal uh, spray and, um, 
He mentioned Pat Slovit. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And I mean, that's stuff that Joe Biden, Jill Biden took and they tested positive twice in a week. And I'm like, well, I'm not 80 years old. I'm not 70 years old. I feel really, really good. Just a little, just a little week. And I've had colds worse than this. I've had the flu worse than this. So for me only, me only, this is a nothing burger. Now, it's funny. When I was at it, actually at a jury duty, I was telling somebody, uh, we were talking about the mask. And I was like, man, it's just only a, mo- a moment of time, a matter of time before I actually come down with it. So, and who would have thought that would be the day I probably actually end up getting the virus. But that's it, guys. Um, we'll reschedule the uh, member live stream. It probably won't happen next Saturday. Um, it may actually end up having to be the week after, but I'm still going to do some videos here like I'm doing this video now. I'm fine. No worries. Um, this is nothing burger for me. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. I'm back. Rudrians for our Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about Tom Brady and Giselle Boonchen. As we know, they're they're in a massive, massive split up right now. She's in Costa Rica. He's with Tampa Bay, right? The Buccaneers decided to go ahead and come back, unretire, and it may have cost him, in theory, his marriage. Uh, evidently, and we've got a brand new story that's popped out on this, and uh, I think this is this is relevant to football in the fact that, look, football is largely a mental game, and Tom Brady has a lot on his mind. Maybe he can compartmentalize that, move that over here, move this over here, and keep them separate. But I will say this. What happens if he ultimately decides, I need to save my marriage and retires again out of nowhere? Um, I don't know if, if anybody's really talked about that, but in my opinion, why wouldn't that be something Tampa Bay needs to be concerned about right now? That if it comes down to him literally saving his marriage or retiring, Tom Brady might walk again. Uh, I mean, you know, if he loves his wife and, and, and feels like he wants to keep that family unit together, it just may ultimately be worth it, and it may be what he has to do. She's furious about him coming back. This is page six, and this is an exclusive for them. Tom Brady is, quote, sad. But focusing on being super dad amid G- Giselle spat. Tom Brady is, quote, very sad over his huge spat with wife Giselle Boonshin, but insiders say he's focusing on being, quote, super dad to his children. Page six exclusively revealed the model has left their family compound in Tampa for Costa Rica following a series of heated arguments over Brady's. Shocked decision to unretire from the NFL. 
He has remained behind for team training. Sources say Brady, 45, is taking care of his and Boonshin's children, Benjamin, 14, Vivian, 9, plus Jack, his 15-year-old son, and with ex-Bridget Monahan. A source told Brady, quote, he's very sad at the moment, I'm sure. Friends know they've had a serious disagreement this time. Quote, it seems that Giselle gets mad, says things like she's leaving him, but in the past they've always made up. But this time, it is more serious. He's with his kids. He's just trying to be super dad. There they are all together. On his Instagram account Monday, Brady, who married Boonshin in 2009, posted a video of himself taking Benjamin and Vivian to their first day of school. Buccaneers quarterback missed 11 days of training camp in August. When quizzed about his disappearance, he hinted at marital problems. It's all personal. Everyone's got different situations they're dealing with. We all have really unique challenges to our life. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on. Good God. Brady has been looking downcast at training camp, according to sources. There's a picture of him right there. God, dog, he looks just just wore out. We all been there, Tom. A source previously told us of Brady and Bunchen, 42, there's been trouble in the marriage over his decision to unretire. Giselle has always been one with the kids. They have agreed he would retire to focus on family, and then he changed his mind. An insider uh, adds an insider. They have a fiery relationship. Giselle is hot-headed. She has that Brazilian heat. However, these issues have been seemingly going on for the last few years. In 2020, during an appearance on Howard Stern's Sirius XM, Brady admitted that Boonchin didn't feel like I was doing my part for the family. Quote, she felt like I would play football all season. She would take care of the house, she added. She wasn't satisfied with our marriage, so I needed to make a change in that. Her point was, well, yeah, of course this works for you. It all works for you. But it doesn't work for me. That is not a very good sign. And as for Boonshin, she told British Vogue about their relationship in May. I don't think relationships just happen. It's never a fairy tale. People want us to, want it to believe. It takes work to really sink in with somebody, especially after you have these kids. Quote, focus is on career. Mine is mostly on the kids. Reps for Brady and Boonshin, of course, didn't come in and comment. But an insider certainly got enough out of it. And again, like I said, I think this is absolutely relevant to what happens on the field. Okay, I know a lot of people, uh, this is personal, stay out of it. Well, yeah, but there's a massive mental aspect, an all-in aspect to going out there, playing NFL football, and trying to win a Super Bowl. This certainly could affect his play on the field. Let's not get confused. Of course it could, right? Um, And like I said, what happens if he's given a true ultimatum? And does he decide, hey, I'm going to walk away? Again, what what happens with Tampa Bay? Now, I'm just going to throw this out there, but we know that Jimmy Garoppolo stayed on with the Niners. Um, he's got a no-trade clause, but he can waive that. 
by the way. He can waive that. It's a no-trade clause that's not really a no-trade clause. It's just a we got to approve the team for Jimmy kind of thing. And I'm just throwing that out there, but that would be my first thought, my first other quarterback that you would think of if something crazy happened like 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 Brady decided to retire. And, and while, again, you may think that's crazy, he did just randomly leave camp for 11 days. There was speculation then he wasn't coming back. This is a big, big story, and it's, it absolutely does does crawl back into the field. It really does. Um, we're going to keep a watch on it. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Tom Brady, marital issues continue. It absolutely could impact what happens on the field. And it could spread into a lot of different avenues and even affect other teams if they end up, if he ends up having to walk away out of nowhere, all of a sudden all kinds of rumors and all kinds of quarterbacks are going to come into play for Tampa Bay. This is pretty wild. It really is. I'm actually shocked he didn't unretire if she gave him some kind of ultimatum. As long as they've been together, let's put it that way. I mean, football won last year? I mean, look, if it was 10 years ago, yeah, see ya, Giselle. But he's at the end, okay? One way or another, he's at the end. Either this year or next year, he is at the end. Does he let his whole marriage go over maybe one more ride? Hmm. I don't know about that. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now black and white network supporters make sure you check out the black and white network merchandise store link in the description use promo code usa first all one word usa first all one word 25 percent off now all right guys we're going to be talking about serena williams here in this video last night was the final match of serena williams long career the 23 time grand slam champion lost in the third round at the U.S. Open. And guys, I didn't actually see the beginning of the match. I caught the end of the match. And um, Serena Williams uh, lost 6-1 in the final set. However, I'm going to give her a little bit of respect here for that final game. She battled. It was like, I believe, uh, six um, match points for, for um, Tom Janovich. And Serena Williams just kept battling uh, to the very end. But, the, but at the end of the day... Serena Williams is not the better player anymore. She's just not. Even though the other day she actually beat the number two seed, it was a good story. But Serena Williams, the last three, four years, has not been Serena Williams. But however, guys, the U.S. Open under fire a little bit uh, because of some Serena Williams montages. Check this out. Now, this actually came out before uh, the match was actually played. U.S. Open under heat as Serena Williams' montages claimed disrespectful. Every match Serena Williams has played at the 2022 U.S. Open has included a pre-match montage of the tennis legend and all she has done for the sport.
While the incentive is nice, the order of events is a bit distasteful. The order of events at the 7 p.m. Eastern Time night session has included the announcers bringing out Williams's opponents, followed by a lengthy montage of the 23-time uh, Grand Slam champion, forcing each opponent to find themselves, remind themselves of her iconic career. Williams' opponent tonight, who she lost to, Ala Tomjanovic, said she will not be watching the montage when she steps onto the court. Yeah, the opponents of Serena Williams, they already know that she was a great player. They're on that court to beat her, not to praise her. Let's just be clear about that. But um, Tomjanovic actually said this, I already know who she is. I don't want, want to get reminded of everything she's done in the sport. Typically, U.S. Open etiquette entails that players with lower rankings walk out first. But for Williams this year, the rules have been bent. Wow. And um, I don't know where Serena Williams is actually um, ranked, but um, she basically got in on a wild card. I believe she's pretty much not ranked because she really hasn't played. Um, some have called the move uh, saying it is it has been disrespectful. One way around the drama would be to have Williams introduced to the court first with her historic montage fo followed by her opponent's interests. So there you have it, guys. Serena Williams getting all of this praise from everybody. And um, she's an all-time great player. I don't believe she's the GOAT. I believe that Steffi Graf is the GOAT. Steffi Graf has uh, 22 Grand Slam titles. And she achieved all of that by the age of 29. And Steffi Graf actually retired at 29. She also had the Golden Slam. She was just dominant. Jason Whitlock came out and he ripped Serena Williams in the GOAT conversation. Because he pulled up some stats, folks, and um, Serena Williams, when it actually comes to uh, wins and titles, she's not even really in, like in the top eight, I believe. Because we know that Serena Williams definitely had ups and downs in her career, but she was dominant. She's definitely one of the greatest players of all time, but um, she's not the GOAT. She's been getting a whole lot of praise here, and I believe it's mainly from the media because of like uh, racism allegations. We know that Serena Williams loves to play the victim. Um, sometimes her behavior on the court has not been very great sportsmanship, uh, what she actually did with Naomi Osaka. That was a bad look for Serena. And that's when we actually knew, I believe that was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. We knew that Serena just couldn't beat the younger players anymore. She was done, but, um, she got very, very frustrated by just not being Serena Williams anymore. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports. I guess every year we're supposed to have some kind of a race-related hoax. I mean, hell, what actually blew this channel up 
was Bubba Wallace. That's right. We literally had like 300 subs and jumped to 60,000 in eight weeks just because of bullshit crap just like this and the fact that college programs are willing to run with it when at this point the story has completely unraveled. We've got ourselves a full-blown race hoax at this point. Unbelievable. We got a godmother that hates white people like there's no tomorrow. That's a flat fact. We've seen we've we've seen the receipts. We've seen the comments. I mean, she has said some repugnant shit. Well, this cracker is doing a story on Rachel Richardson. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Outkick. College teams trip over themselves to virtue signal for Rachel Richardson. E- even as her story unravels, this is Outkick. Last week, Duke volleyball player Rachel Richardson alleged that BYU fan repeatedly hurled racial slurs at her during a match. Since then, there has been no evidence that the incident occurred. In fact, there is mounting evidence, and let me clean this up for OutKick. There is mounting evidence that this is a complete bullshit lie. There we go. Clean that up for you. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just where I'm at on this story. There was a police officer stationed near BYU student section during one of the instances that Richardson alleges she was called a slur. The officer reported he heard no such thing. The only people who have come out and said Rachel Richardson's account is true besides Richardson are her godmother and father. Neither was present at the match. And Richardson's godmother has a questionable history with racist remarks against white people. Let's open that link so we can just get a couple of uh, couple of quick ones here. Uh, elevating these white men to hero status is pissing me off. They all knew the former guy Trump was capable of and turned a blind eye. Where's all the ones where she called everybody a cracker? Uh, you poor white mother effers. Creepy ass crackers are scary. Ain't watching this cracker barrel bullshit. Dumb white women. Wow. Okay, so her godmother's just racist as hell. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. Starting to paint the picture for you yet? Wow. There is no evidence that a slur occurred despite cameras present. No other player for either team or fan has corroborated the account of Richardson as if a guy could go out there, holler the N-word, and 900 people wouldn't have turned around and stopped everything. Come on. Come on. This smelled like Jesse Smollett and Bubba Wallace from the beginning. Despite that, the media and other schools continue to treat it as it absolutely happened. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, BYU has completely bought in and look like idiots. Falling on the imaginary woke sword. Clean that up. They not only issued a lengthy apology, but they have since suspended their student section for volleyball games for an undefined length of time. Absolutely nuts. Now, here we go, because we got to get us a hashtag out of it. 
We got to get us a hashtag out of it. Damn, Black Lives Matter's already taken. What can we try now? Hashtag blackout racism is trending in support of Rachel Richardson. Okay. So it should come as no surprise that as of Friday night, a parade of women's collegiate volleyball teams put out a tweet about doing a, quote, blackout to show support for someone who may have falsely accused PYU fans of racism. Can you imagine if if white people did a whiteout? I mean, the sky would literally fall and start flopping around on the floor. <laughs> hashtag stand with Rachel Richardson and hashtag blackout racism were both trending in the college volleyball world. It appears to have been started by a group called the American Volleyball Coaches Association who sent this tweet out. A group of volleyball coaches are encouraging the VB community to wear black on Friday to acknowledge that you stand against racism and act if you, your staff, or student-athletes experience racism. Hashtag BS. (laughs) Tweets came from all over the collegiate landscape, including Big Ten programs like Penn State, Maryland, and Northwestern. Here we are. We are. Hashtag we are. Hashtag blackout racism. Hashtag stand with Rachel Richardson. Nah. Nah, I'm not standing with people that look like they're making up just complete horse shit. I'm not. Maryland volleyball united against racism. Nobody's condoning racism. But it doesn't mean you have to slurp up every little story that goes around out there. Come on. Not to be left out. The entire Big East Conference weighed in. Hashtag Big East VB staffs across the league are wearing black today as we hashtag stand with Rachel Richardson and aim to hashtag blackout racism. It wasn't just mainland United States either. University of of Hawaii got into it. Jumped in on the action. I'm not even reading that crap. Then there's Harvard, a school theoretically full of very smart people who should know better than to run with unsubstantiated claims going all in on the still unproven allegation. Unproven allegation? Hell, this this looks worse and worse on Rachel Richardson all the time. And let me guess, all y'all just gonna, just gonna cover it up, just gonna act like this never happened. I uh, just, 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 it's all true. We're blindly accepting it even though there was a full investigation that included video and people that were all around the alleged one student. By the way, that one student, if he's underage or if he's of age or whoever his parents are, should sue the pants off this person for defamation. You would expect BYU would have gotten behind the student after they found this looked like it was completely made up. And they didn't. They bent the knee. We could go on and on, honestly, because school after school posted similar tweets of their athletes wearing black. Wow. Louisville, Marshall, Kent State, VCU, UTEP even went a uh, a step further and posted a statement on the alleged incident. UTEP Volleyball. We stand with Rachel Richardson of Duke Volleyball and stand against racism by wearing black shirts because black t-shirts will get rid of racism. That's how this works. You didn't know apparel. Here at Memorial Gym, we will never tolerate racist, sexist, or derogatory remarks directed at any member 
of the visiting team. Why didn't anybody stop this on the spot? I would love to know. I would love to know. And, and it just so happens, guess what? Everybody knows who Rachel Richardson is now. Oh, the Colin Kaepernick grift is strong here. We are proud of the culture of diversity and inclusion fostered by the El Paso community and embraced by our volleyball program. It's not just volleyball. Also announced South Carolina's women's basketball was canceling its upcoming home-and-home series over the incident. Totally stupid. Totally stupid. Dukes, just to review, Dukes Rachel Richardson accuses a BYU fan of yelling racial slurs at her, her godmother, who is running for public office in my state of Texas, has a history of racist remarks against white people, tweets that Richardson was called the N-word repeatedly through the match, ESPN interviews Richardson on Outside the Lines in which they don't even question her story in the slightest, even though by then there are several reasons to be skeptical. No evidence or witnesses support the claims. A slew of left-leaning colleges and out-of-touch woke media outlets use completely unsubstantiated claims made by Richardson to grandstand and preach that racism is bad, implying BYU themselves is racist. Rachel Richardson is held a brave hero worthy of celebration when the only thing that's clear at this point is that Richardson's claims are worthy of far more scrutiny. Wow. Absolutely unbelievable. And you know what? It is unbelievable. Um, I wonder if people realize when stuff like this comes out, it just smells of BS. I mean, it, the stench is overwhelming. It's like, you know, that don't sound right. A full student section. Two different volleyball teams out there playing. Some dude is in the crowd yelling the N-word and nobody thinks to do anything. With police officers around. All of these things. And you know what? You just buy in just like that. You buy in just like that. And guess what? A Duke volleyball player that nobody would have known, no matter what, in a million trillion years would have uh, the Duke volleyball had made it on this channel or most any other major anything out there. But it did, didn't it? Because of her. Because of her coming out. N-word. Mm, I don't know about that. Guess what? Full investigation. Totally unstantiated. And now we've got colleges all over the collegiate landscape that is totally bought in and is shielding this crap. Here we are. This is where we are in 2020. I mean, just, just we've got us a social justice grifter. Make no mistake, do you really believe ESPN would have randomly had any Duke volleyball player or any other volleyball player on outside the lines, just out of nowhere. Come on here, let's talk about volleyball. No, but guess what? She's on there now. I said the other day, this was nothing more than a social justice grift, a la Bubba Wallace, a la Colin Kaepernick, and here we are. Wow. The Rachel Richardson ho hoax. Wow. 
Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about the fake race hoax levied by Rachel Richardson of Duke Volleyball, who actually said that she heard a racial slur directed at her every time she served. And at the investigation, there was no proof whatsoever that this actually did happen. However, the media is rolling with this story as racism. And it's just a lie. It is a flat out lie. Now, that actually brings us to uh, one of the people in the woke sports world that I believe is trying to actually give Megan Rapino and LaChana James a run for their money when it comes to wokeness and sports. And I'm talking about South Carolina women's basketball coach Don Staley. Now, Don Staley played in um, the WNBA. She is the head basketball coach at South Carolina. And South Carolina is the defending NCAA champions in women's basketball. But guys, Don Staley did something that I think is absolutely ridiculous now. And it's actually going to affect the BYU and South Carolina net season in NCAA basketball. Here we go, guys. South Carolina women's basketball coach Don Staley cancels games with BYU due to unsubstantiated racist volleyball incident. It did not happen. But this really should not surprise anybody if you guys actually know what South Carolina did um, last year. They actually refused to come on the court for the national anthem. Yeah, they were still pushing this woke garbage narrative out there. If they're going to be anti-American like this, want to show how woke they are, this is not a surprise whatsoever. A race holds. But there's no evidence whatsoever now. Don Staley feels like, you know what? We're not going to play against BYU in those races. It says here. In today's ridiculous and dangerous woke moment, South Carolina basketball coach Don Staley canceled a scheduled home and home series with BYU That was supposed to start this year. South Carolina was going to open their season at home against BYU on November the 7th with the Gamecocks scheduled to travel to Provo during the 2023-2024 season. But Staley announced Friday in a statement that due to the, quote, incident at BYU, they were calling off the series entirely since it's her job to do what's best for the program. This is what she said, quote, as a head coach, my job is to do what's best for my players and staff. Staley said in a statement released by South Carolina on Friday, the incident at BYU has led me to reevaluate our home and home. I don't feel like this is the right time for us to engage in this series. What? Really? You see, this is why I believe she's trying to give Megan Rapinoe a run for her, her money. When it comes to wokeness and sports. 
It says here the incident, of course, refers to the alleged racist, racist slurs directed at Duke University volleyball player Rachel Richardson. Almost immediately after Richardson's account of the event with public holes in the story emerged with the BYU police saying that they were unable to confirm that a fan or anyone had yelled racial slurs at her because it didn't happen. And by the way, guys, I did a video yesterday that the student section at BYU is canceled because of this. There is no evidence whatsoever that racial slurs were directed at her. I believe this whole thing is political because the godmother is running for elected office. She's a Democrat. So, of course, you got to play the race card. Nothing more. But this is absolutely ridiculous, man, that Don Staley would actually do this. Guys, you want to know why women's sports is just failing? These women, these female athletes, they're definitely more woke than the men. They are. Guys, if you think that the um, NBA is super duper woke. The WNBA is way, way, way more woke. I mean, that's still out there kneeling for the national anthem, that kind of thing. That's not actually happening in the NBA. These women in the WNBA are super duper woke. And when it comes to NCAA basketball with women, same thing. And Don Staley seems to be the ringleader. And now she's actually going to cancel a series because BYU seemingly is racist to her. This is insane. Not even the same sport, by the way. This is utterly ridiculous. But when it comes to Don Staley, I'm not surprised by this whatsoever. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.